Okay, so I am back with Cassie Davis, and she went to Disney World Disney or Disneyland, World, yep. Disney World, Disney World, and just came back. And we had talked previously before she went about accessibility in Disney World and also at Disney Disneyland and her previous experience. And so she was going there, going to, with her family, going to document some of kind of her experience around accessibility. And now we're here just to chat about her experience, like, you know, what she thought, was there any improvement, was it worse, like how, how we think it could be better, anything like that. And this can be really helpful for parents who have children with special needs if they're planning on vacations, especially if they're going to Disney World, kind of like what to think about, what to look for, what to advocate for, all of these things, like where do we need a change? Like we can all collectively advocate for a change. Um, that's what we do best as humans. And then also just preparing for, you know, if you are going to like a busy place like that, you know, what what can you expect, especially if you have a child who needs um, like a device to help with mobility, like a wheelchair. The first thing we figure out is we figure out, you know, if we're going to fly or if we're going to drive. Um, flying is a lot easier. But um, so once you figure out which airline you're going to take and you book your tickets, make sure you let them know that you have a wheelchair. Um, they do this so that they know that you're going to board early. They will contact you and ask you if you need somebody to help you throughout the airport, which normally when it's just me and my husband, we can do it ourselves. But when you add a baby and a stroller and all of that, it is really helpful to have somebody assist you throughout the airport. And then they can also um, get you through security faster. So that's a tip. Um, if yeah. you want to get And they do security. that like... Um that's just like when you buy the ticket, right? It's like, do you have, uh, do you require yeah, a wheelchair? They kind you. of go through that mm -hmm. stuff, right? It's prompted, yeah. so you don't have to do anything special. Yeah. Nope. It'll ask you as you're booking your flight. And then they will contact you, like, before your flight and make sure everything's working great and everything like that. So that's okay. the number one thing. And then when you figure out – so. I would recommend for Disney World, if you can afford it, to stay on property. Um, it's it's a lot more convenient. There are really expensive hotels, and then there are the cheaper property hotels, which I stay at. The, the ones we've stayed at that are really nice are Pop Century Resort or Art of Animation Resort. And the reason why you want to stay on property is... All of the buses and all of the transportation is handicap accessible. Every single bus has a lift. So you can either get out of your device and sit in a normal seat, or you can stay in your device. They'll lift you in, and then they'll strap you in, and you can stay in. So, um, and every bus comes every five or ten minutes. When we went on our honeymoon, to Disney World, we stayed off property, which was fine, but then you had to request special transportation um, that had wheelchair accessibility, and they only came like every hour and a half, so like, it was really hard to go from park to park whenever you wanted, so that's my recommendation, is if you can, stay on property, because transportation is easier. The hotel rooms, as far as accessibility, 
The only difference between a standard room and an accessible room is the shower. Every room is wide enough for a wheelchair or a scooter because by law they have to do that. Um, but if you need a roll-in shower or a shower with handlebars, then you would ask for a handicap accessible room. That's, that's the only difference. So, okay. That's good um, and they're not any more expensive. They're actually the cheaper end of the rooms because they can't charge you extra for a handicap accessible room. Mm -hmm. um, they also have hearing impaired rooms and visually impaired rooms as well. So when you're booking your hotel, it will ask you, do you need an accessible room? And then what accessibility needs do you need in that room? How close together do you find the ride? So for a parent who's going and has a child maybe in a wheelchair or a child who isn't as mobile and it takes longer to get places, do you have a, a strategy for like what park you start at or how you kind of get around the park or is there something that even they recommend uh, to start with or anything like that? Right. So I guess I forgot to say one more thing before when you prepare. So since our last podcast of the like pre-trip, I did some research and on their website, they have a whole section just for people with disabilities and they even have a disability coordinator that you can contact. And they actually, I tried it out to see if they would contact me back. And they did fairly quickly. So, wow, cool. Um, so what they do is they have, you click on whatever impairment you have. So you can say physical, uh, sensory, hearing, visual, and they have like a whole section. Um, they have, uh, they have maps or brochures for people with disabilities of where exactly to go to get on the ride. And so that's helpful so you can kind of know where to go. Every park, so Disney World has four parks. Every park except Magic Kingdom, which I'll get to in a minute, every ride is handicap accessible, so you don't, you just go in the normal line. Now, um, they do have what's called a disability access pass. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. And you would go to, like, guest relations at your first park. And what it is is it, it doesn't allow you to cut the line, but they give you, like, a comeback time. So however long it is to wait in the line, that's when your return time would be. So then for somebody who has sensory issues or can't wait in the line for a long time, then they can cut the line, but you're not really cutting because you have to wait that mm -hmm. time and then come back. But then you can just like skip straight to the line. And so to the front of the line, yeah, the front, I didn't yeah, get sure. one. I didn't get one because I was like, well, I can sit in every line. But then when I got to magic kingdom, some rides are not handicap accessible. If they're not, they automatically let you cut. But if they are, but you have to get on it a weird way, then you need the disability access pass. So my thought is get the disability access pass, whether you think you need it or not, because mm -hmm. each ride is different. So that way when you get to the ride and they say, do you have your pass, you already have it. If, if you don't need a pass, then it doesn't matter. So um, 
Mm. Questions about that before I go on to your other question? No, I think I think that's pretty clear. I think that, like you said, that when you looked online, they had a a, a map. Is it of this is where I would go, or you know, I'm thinking it just, even. It just shows you. It doesn't give you like a fastest route or anything like that. It just gives you this is where you would go to get on the lot to for the um to get on the ride uh or they have wheelchair signs throughout the ride like if you're in a wheelchair go this way but most of them you just go through the normal line and then once you get to a certain spot they will they always ask you when you first get in the line can you transfer from your wheelchair and then right before you get on the ride they ask you again can you transfer so the map just shows you the easiest way to get on the ride. Um, when you're deciding how to save energy or what way to go, there's no right or wrong way. You would do it whether you are disabled or not. You you decide, like, which rides do we want to go on first? So you go to a certain area of the park, ride all those rides, and then go to the next area. So that just saves mm -hmm. you time by ride all the rides in one area, then go to the next area instead of going back and forth yeah. to other ends of the park. Now, Cassie, did you feel like people, when you were in a line, um, were people asking you, like, can you get out of your wheelchair? Can you transfer? And it was that done consistently? Like, were, yeah, were people that, kind of on it is my question? Because that was something. Right. No, there were, they were, that was probably one of the biggest things they were consistent on mm -hmm. was like probably three times throughout the ride, they would ask if you can transfer. And when you get to the ride, it will tell you in order to ride this ride, you must transfer. Mm. So okay. if you have to get out of the wheelchair, it tells you before you get in the line. And then, then they'll ask you when you get, are you able to transfer? If you say yes, then you go through the normal line, da da da. If you can't transfer, then they're either going to tell you you can't ride or, okay, you'll go this way because some rides have a special vehicle that you can put your wheelchair on. But mm. most rides you have to get out of your wheelchair. And that you can have somebody pick you up and put you on the ride. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how you transfer, but you would have to get out of your wheelchair. And what did you think, Cassie, in terms of, uh, like, the timing of that? Do you think parents will feel like they're pushed or they'll have an adequate amount of time to do that? Because I know for me, like, as a parent, if I had a child who needed to do that, I would have a lot of anxiety around, like, am I going to have enough time? To, like, do I have to practice this a bunch with them? Or? Right. So they, if you can transfer and they're, they're able, they will say, do you need us to slow the ride down um, mm -hmm. so you can get in? Most of the rides, they'll just wait to start the ride until you get on. Um, okay. And usually what they do is they'll, they'll do like somebody in front of you will get on and then they'll skip two or three cars and then you'll get on so that other people can get on in front of you and you're not holding up the line. I used to get anxious too, but like, who cares? Like, you yeah. know, it's, they're not rushing you. The only person that's going to rush you is yourself. They will right. stop the ride for you. 
if they can't stop the ride, then they will ask you, how can we assist getting you on the ride? But most of the rides, they'll either slow it down so you can get on or they stop mm -hmm. it completely until you get on. Perfect. So it's okay. when someone's on the ride and you're getting on, it's not stopping them. The only person you're holding up is the people waiting to get on after you. And they can wait an extra 30 seconds. It's not a big deal. Right. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. And so what were your other kind of like takeaways in terms of the accessibility piece? It sounds like the employees there are pretty well versed in, in asking someone how they can help. Um, which is really good. And that was consistent because I think that's pretty incredible. Um, what do you think about like, I don't know, anything else that comes to mind? Like one of the things that comes to my head is just how everything's kind of laid out. And I know that you said that there are signs for wheelchair accessibility, um, which is nice, but like anything else? Yeah. When we first got to the park, I actually asked one of the workers, um, you know, what training do you get? What? Because I said, I'm, I'm doing a vlog and I'm doing a podcast. So would you mind me asking you some questions? I didn't feel it or anything. But they said when they first get hired on, they there is an amount of training specific to dealing with um, people with disabilities. So there are certain questions that they have to ask, like, are you able to transfer? Um, can, can you walk? How many steps can you walk? The other thing that they were consistent on was if the ride broke down, would you be able to go down two steps, five steps, whatever ride you were on, however many steps there were, they asked you, could you do this? Um, so that was nice. So that was the other question. They're trained not to assume that somebody shouldn't be in a wheelchair. They just, they assume everybody should be in the wheelchair. They don't ask questions about that. Um, so that, yeah, they said that's the basic training is there specific questions they have to ask. And then they're available if they need to make an accommodation for you, then they need to do what they can to help you with that. So, mm -hmm. um, so that was the one thing I noticed. The other thing, which we didn't really get to experience cause they weren't doing shows or parades or anything, but they do have, wheelchair sections for different shows, um, for parades. So if they are doing shows and parades, make sure you ask someone like ahead of time, if you know what shows you're gonna go to, then ask a worker, okay, where's the wheelchair section for these shows? And they will point you where to go um, for like, like they had a Frozen show, which we went to. There was a wheelchair section um, for like 3D movies. There were wheelchair sections or they'll put you close to the door. So if you have sensory issues, you can get out quickly. Mm. Um, so that was another thing I noticed. Was there anything um, else that you noticed around, um, you know, thinking about children with sensory issues just because, you know, like one in ten 20, excuse me, one in 20 children are diagnosed with sensory processing disorder. And that doesn't include the number of children who are diagnosed with autism in which sensory processing disorder is innate. And so did you see anything like as you're going through it, if you have a child who has any, like even more sensory, sensory sensitivities, like sensitive to crowds, sensitive to light, sensitive noise. Um, right. 
I think the disability access pass would be more helpful for people with sensory issues because mm -hmm. you can skip all the sensory parts and just because mm -hmm. when you're waiting in line, they have a lot of different interactions you do while you're waiting in line and stuff. So you skip that and you just go straight to the ride. But then I noticed that after most rides, when you're coming off the ride, it'll say area of refuge and it, it has like a wheelchair or a disabled sign. And I think that's for somebody that got overly stimulated and needs to go like calm down. They had that, I think on almost every single ride. That's amazing. So, that's yeah. really cool. Like I was trying to find things wrong <laughs> and it was hard. They're very, Disney's very, there are a few things that I, which we'll talk about, but they're very good. Um, every restroom had, not only did they have like two or three or four stalls, but attached to the restroom was a companion bathroom with the wheelchair site on it. So you could either go into the main bathroom or you could do a private bathroom. Every single yeah. bathroom had one of those. Wow, that's really nice. So. Um, well, I'm glad that they're still on top of it. Now, what I'm curious now, what are some of the things that you thought that perhaps could be better? So I, we talked a little bit about this last time, but the main thing was, which I think is nice that the workers cannot assume why you're in a wheelchair. But because they can't, I think people take advantage of the, the issue. So yeah, we I talked feel about like, that last time too. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it happened. There were, there was, um, we were waiting in line at Magic Kingdom and there was a family and there was a little girl in a wheelchair and, I, and you know, she looked normal, whatever, but I didn't say anything. Literally, the other little girl says, okay, it's my turn to be in the wheelchair, and they switched spots. Mm. And, and this is where I got kind of sassy, and I turned to my husband, and I just said a little loud, yeah, I wish I could just decide whether or not I could get in and out of my wheelchair. And then I just kind of, you know, right. went about my way. But because of that, I think that they should require a doctor's note if you're going to rent a wheelchair from the park, um, mm -hmm. if you bring right. your own wheelchair, whatever, but I think they should require a doctor's note. So that was the one thing. The other thing is that because they don't require a doctor's note, anybody can rent a wheelchair or a scooter and they have run out fairly quickly. And that's mm -hmm. not fair to the people that actually need one. Yeah. And not right. be able to get one. Um, the other thing was the, the, the electric scooters are fairly expensive. They're $60 a day, but you get a $20 deposit back every day, which is fine, but you can't take the scooter from park to park. You have to rent a different scooter at every park and you can't take it out of the park. So if you needed transportation, like, from the bus to the, oh, okay, that's right. From the bus to the park, you would have to bring your own wheelchair or scooter mm -hmm. and then, or walk and then get it. So mm -hmm. that was the other thing was maybe make it so that you could rent the same scooter the whole mm -hmm. trip and take it out of the park. 
Um, but because of that, we ended up renting a scooter from somewhere else. Like, yeah, right. they have a lot of scooter places you can rent from. And it was cheaper. It was $25 a day. Right. And right. we had it the whole time. So yeah. that would be my get around from that. I think that's a good tip. I think that, um, do you have any ideas, Kathy? So like your story about that little girl in the wheelchair and then switching with her sister just reminds me of how I feel like there's still this lack of awareness around, um, you know, people with with disabilities and what they can and, and really cannot do and, and what their disability holds them back, maybe in terms of mobility and how they really rely on a wheelchair and how like me just going, for example, and sitting in a wheelchair and then getting up and sitting is is really like disvaluing that piece of equipment for the mm-hmm. people who need it. It would just be like, um, you know, if I if we're going to go somewhere and I got up and I and I took your car and I was like, well, I need a car like it doesn't really matter. And you're the one who really needs it. Like maybe I just live across the street. It's like a really bad example. But if I was like going to take your car, just go across the street where you lived like kind of miles away, like you need the car. And I don't like, I, you know, so I think there's a lot of, um, I think it, I, oh, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it. I feel like it's just like a lack of awareness. Certainly it's taking right. advantage of, but I think it doesn't, I, I don't think these people are bad people. I think it just stems from like, well, like I could be able to use a wheelchair and it just having this sort of like ignorance around how it, how much it, it really means to some people who need it. Right. And it's interesting because I like had this talk with my husband about like, before we dated or he was married to me, he didn't notice if things were or were not accessible or he didn't pay attention to who was in a wheelchair, who wasn't. But as soon as we started dating and he had to be aware, it was like, this is not handicap accessible. They don't look like they need to be in a wheelchair. That's not fair. So I I think it is like, it's our job as disabled advocates or as parents of, of normal quote unquote kids to educate them. Like if it's not going to cut the line for you, then why would you even want to be in the wheelchair? Like truly, if I could not be in a wheelchair, I'd rather not, you know? Right. And so, yeah, it's, I think it is just a lack of uh, education or even like you just, you wouldn't even think that that would maybe be offensive to somebody, but you know, it is, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely think it's offensive and, and um, I just feel like, right. Like as parents, it's just like very callous to be like, Oh, anybody could be in a wheelchair because you know, some people are in wheelchairs and they really can't get out of a wheelchair. And so, you know, like, how does that make those, those people feel? Um, right. And like, even when I've been able to cut a line or whatever, and somebody is in front of me, that's worse off than me. So like, can't walk on the ride, and they have to have somebody put them in the ride. I almost get this sense of, ah, I shouldn't be here. I, you know, I should just be in the normal line, because they're worse off than me. Um, so right. I even sometimes kind of get that guilt or I'll make sure that if people are watching me get on a ride, that they know that I walk funny so that they don't sit there and say, oh, why does she get a cut? Right. 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 And the sad thing is, is we shouldn't have to do that. We should just right. be okay with, you know what, this is my circumstance and whatever. Yeah. And I think it does start with people 
who have a disability are the only people who really get to be in that line and have access to the equipment that they need. Um, because when you have right. these blurred lines, then, like I said, it kind of disvalues the equipment. It's just like, oh, it's sort of like a free-for-all. Like, yeah, I want to get around, like, on a scooter. Like, why would I walk when I can have a scooter? It's just like this entitled um, right. feeling. And it, it totally takes away the purpose of what a wheelchair is there to do or what that line is there to do so that there's a quality for people accessing the rides. Not so like anybody could just like hop in a wheelchair because they don't feel like walking that day. Like people who right. use wheelchairs often can't get out of their wheelchair. They cannot walk. So it's not a choice for them. And right. I think that is so disvaluing. Um, yeah. So I do think that kind of going back to your point, I do think it, it goes back to awareness. I think it goes back to just parent education, parents talking, uh, you know, to their children. And, um, you know, if a parent is listening to this and they have a, you have a child who you know, uses a wheelchair or any sort of mobility device, I do think that having a place where you can educate or talk about it with other parents, with other peers is really, really helpful because those parents also trust you and, you know, that your child might be going into the same school or the classroom, whatever. And I think it can really make a big difference just starting there because when children see that, they just have a, a different understanding of it. I, 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 you know, asking those kids, have you ever met a child in a wheelchair? I would be surprised, you know, if they said yes. The other thing that I noticed was they tried their best, but it was kind of, I feel like they could have done different, is some rides, they don't allow, like, electric scooters or electric wheelchairs in mm. the line because they don't like fit or they have rules. If you're going in a dark place, you can't have a motor. So they provide you like you can stay in your device to this point, but then you'll have to transfer into one of our wheelchairs for the rest of the ride, mm -hmm. which just seemed really unnecessary. Like, yeah, just if their wheelchair doesn't fit or their scooter doesn't fit, then let them cut the line. Like, yeah, it just right. seemed, because like for me, it was fine. And maybe if it's like an actual electric wheelchair, it's different. Um, mm -hmm. But like with the scooter, they were like, you can't take that scooter on the ride, but here's a wheelchair you can transfer from. It just seemed really extra and unnecessary. But yeah. I also can see that they were still providing us a way to go on the ride. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was good. It just seemed weird to me. It could maybe be, like, more efficient. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So that was the other thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I think that's all, you know, very helpful. And if there are parents listening I, I, and anybody's had a trip to Disneyland, Disney World, whatever, I would love to hear thoughts on that because I think it is such an important issue because, um, you know, people want to vacation, families want to vacation together. They want to have the ability to go wherever they want and just having the knowledge around what's, what's available out there, how to prepare for it. Um, and then also secondarily, how all of us can advocate for more accessibility, I think is always super, super important. So. Right. And we did mention, and I was going to email them back, but I, I forgot that I didn't see any princesses in wheelchairs. And I, I published my YouTube video already on this. So you can go to my channel and check it out, but little girls look up to princesses so much, Disney mm -hmm. princesses so much, and yet we don't have one that's deaf or hearing mm -hmm. impaired or mm -hmm. in a wheelchair. I mean, we just barely, they just barely came out with a, 
an African-American princess. So, I mean, that's good. But, like, why isn't there one in a wheelchair? Um, and I don't know how to get that process going, but I would certainly hope that someday they would. I don't know. Right. And so. even, um, you know, going beyond that, just, like, Disney characters in general. Um, and that can be, you know, the same thing. You can. There's a lot of different ways you can show disability, even like with limb differences and in, in Disney characters and things like that. Um, right. You know, there's a lot, a lot of disabilities out there, and none of them are represented. Um, right. So I right. do think that's great. If you have that email, send it over to me. Um, yeah, I, I'll send you the. I can send you the the email address. Um, yeah, perfect. I'm trying to remember. The pot. I asked them if I could. Uh, meet with somebody and talk mm -hmm. with them and they were like we don't have time which is fine but at yeah. least they responded back so um right the other thing too is don't be afraid to to speak up for yourself if remember the workers are trying their best but if you feel like you're not treated fairly because of your disability then go to public relations and talk mm -hmm. to them and yeah. say, because they're going to want to know how can we make this better for the next person. Right. Um, so, so don't be afraid to do that. Right. Right. So. No, I think that's all really, really great information, Cassie. And I so appreciate you taking the time to chat about this because I think it's an important topic. Well, thank you for having me on again. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And send me your YouTube link again and I'll post it. So we have all okay. the information. Sounds good. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Okay. Thanks so much, Cassie. I so appreciate it. Yeah.